0: To today's episode of Women's Football Success. Today's episode is 1831. I'm so glad to be here with you today. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. And real quick, my disclaimer is I am an attorney. I am licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. However, the information that I provide here on the radio or our digital materials or paper materials, brochures, ebooks, etc., do not constitute an attorney client relationship. All this information is business information only. If you have a legal question or concern, please contact an attorney in your jurisdiction with experience in the type of law you have a problem with. I'm so excited today, guys. Um, It's been a long, long week. Um, I shared with you last week that we had an excellent tryout. We're super excited with that. Um, I think we ended up having about 68 people there with vets. Um, We're really happy with that. Some people couldn't make it because of other issues. Um, We're sitting at about, I want to say eight coaches, nine coaches, maybe. Um, I'm really excited about how this year's turning. And um, it's kind of a testament to um, the idea that women's football fluctuates, whether it's because of uh, somebody taking your stuff or using your stuff or or people just not wanting to play football for this team or that team. Um, It goes to show that no matter what obstacles are put in front of you or what is taken from you, that you can bounce back in women's football. There are many opportunities. Uh, We are so excited. The the team is so excited to see the growth that we've had so far and the growth that we're going to continue to have in the next couple weeks. But it's really um, great to see women coming together for one reason from all walks of life when they have loyalty, unity, trust and honesty as the backbone and the crux, I guess you could say, of their relationship or of their dealings with women football. So we are so excited to um, be embracing this coming 2019 season. And I'm gonna share with you a couple things that teams should be doing right now. And then I'm gonna get into some stats and social media because that is important to not only the team, but to the individual player themselves. And this is kind of going along the lines of what we've been talking about the last two weeks about the team and the player as a business. So real quick, I wanna share with you that we are doing a lot of social stuff in the Dallas area and I'm hoping that teams are connecting with our women's football success newsletter. I'm providing a lot of content there for women's football alliance teams so that they can help, it can help them grow and expand their organization. Um, Coming up this week, I'm going to provide a basic business plan and how you can make money this year, 2019. Even if this is your first year in women's football, you can make money this year. So I'm gonna provide that to the Women's Football Alliance teams. And I'm really excited about that because I think um, a lot of teams I've been calling on um, have been embracing these ideas and really uh, are trying to use them. As I stated before, my husband and I were made directors of team development in the WFA. So we are reaching out to teams and helping them uh, with any questions and concerns, um, opening that line of communication to um, maybe they don't want to ask specific questions straight to the lead. Um, They can ask us and we can see what we can do to get that either remedied or fixed. I haven't really had too many issues. Uh, most people are saying, hey, where is this? Hey, where is this located? Where's this rule? So we've been able to help people get connected with where those rules are and Maybe even a better definition of what the rule means. So we're really happy to be that um, conduit or that section, or I'm not sure what the word I want to use is, but we don't mind being the person that helps you get to where you're going. Okay, we love women's football. I like I said, I'm so excited about um, not only this season but this next couple of weeks. We had our do- our grandchild's baby shower. Um, So my son is having a baby with his wife and we are having a grandson. His name is going to be Logan Solomon and he's coming anytime now. They're due December 10th. Uh, I don't think it's going to be December 10th. So I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit early. Hopefully um, we'll be able to get all that squared away and uh, get everybody, get mama home and taken care of and uh, help them out as much as we possibly can. That's one of the things that I love about my job or my businesses is being able to have a flexible schedule. Women's football allows you to do that and it allows you to meet and connect with many different individuals. And I want to make sure that everybody is clear that the women's football alliance is the biggest, the best, the most prosperous women's football league in the United States. They've been around for about 12 years now, 14 years, something like that. Um, Way back when uh, the NWFA with Catherine Masters um, was uh, selling out to the owners. And um, I reached out to Lisa King and Jeff King and brought all those teams over. They had some teams. We had some teams and uh, we felt it was in the best interest of women's football to bring all those teams together, not to separate or split up or damage any of the teams, but to bring them together to increase and elevate women's football. So we've been working on this a long, long time. My husband and I left women's football for a while because we had to take a job change and relocate, and we weren't able to... Uh, well, we didn't think we were going to be able to do a lot of stuff in Dallas. Um, now we are actually doing a lot of stuff in Dallas, Texas. So we travel down to Dallas um, several weekends a month on the off season and then every week during the regular season, during from January on through till, I guess, August, July, August, The Dallas Elite are going to make a huge push towards the championship, so uh, we are going to be ready, willing, and able to uh, have a satisfying season this year. We're really excited. Um, Last year was more of a rebuilding year, for those that don't know. My husband and I came on to the Dallas Elite management uh, February 6th, at which time um, many of the resources and information and players had been moved over to another team. So the, I guess the actions of others were not beneficial to women's football um, when those things happen and people do it um, to hurt women's football. It's, it's very upsetting. So we spent last year – rebuilding, and getting things back to where they needed to be for the 2019 season. We are very satisfied with how the 2018 season went because there's a lot of obstacles and turmoil and issues that that occurred. But again, I want that to be a testament to all those women football teams out there that um, you can survive when people are working against you. You can survive. Um, when people are devastated and everything's gone and their stuff is, their equipment and and all that stuff's gone and they can't um, have the resources to do what they need to do, that even when people do those kinds of things that you can bounce back and you can have a successful women's football team. With that being said, um, I'm going to spend a lot of today talking about social media. But first, I want to get on... Come over here. I'm going to come over here and share with you some of the things that I put into the women's football success newsletter. For those that don't know, the women's football success newsletter is a newsletter that we create to help the women's football Alliance teams with ideas, creativity, strategies, um, and various things to I don't want to say teach them because they, a lot of them, a lot of these concepts they already know, but for those that don't have the time to waste on learning about women's football or learning what they can and cannot do or what they need to do and don't need to do. So we've been providing resources and templates and those kind of things for teams that are getting started or in their first, second, third year um, to build them up rather than to knock them down um, and uh, treat them differently. We wanna get them going and running successfully as soon as possible. We also provide this information to um, other teams that may may not be in their first three or four years, but still need or want the information, okay? So with that being said, we, I talk a lot about a calendar um, that I've presented to the Women's Football Alliance teams. And I believe it's on our website, Women's Football Success. But we are now getting into mid-November. And for us, I'm just going to kind of explain it. So if you guys are driving down the road, listening to radio or whatever, you can understand where I'm coming from. So we are getting into mid-November. Um, before you know it, it's gonna be the Christmas holidays and the new year and then practices are typically starting in the first week of January for most teams. Now, there's no end all or be all that you have to start then, but realize and understand that teams that you are competing against are starting practices in January. Now, with that being said, there are some teams that are already doing workouts. I don't know if they're doing full-blown you know, three hour workouts or anything like that, but there are teams that are advertising that they have ongoing workouts. So I want to make sure that women's football teams in the women's football Alliance understand that um, in order for us as a group to provide a competitive product, you have to do what your competition is doing and more. I hope that makes sense. In order for us to provide a competitive product out there, and it's so funny because just real quick, let me get on my soapbox for just a second. The, the the people that go on the radio and complain about blowouts, it's so funny, but we just had a couple blowouts in the NFL. And I just wanted to point that out that blowouts are gonna happen, right? So it doesn't mean that you are underprepared or you are not as good as the other team. Blowouts happen even for the top, top elite teams in the NFL. Okay. I just want to say that, point that out for just a moment. But as a organization or as an industry, women's football is still on the brink of discovery. Yes. It's been around for 60 years. Yes. We've had some notable people um, be uh, recognized. um, The, The coach at Dartmouth, super exciting. And the Women's Football Alliance has also had coaches go on to intern at the NFL. Only, I think, one or two, maybe two of those NFL uh, interns were kept on as actual paid coaches. Does everybody agree with me on that? I don't know where the information is getting confused, but most of the women in football are not getting paid to play, coach, organize, or manage football. Okay. So any promotion of that they're the first of this or the first of that, I appreciate that the NFL is recognizing women in football but they are just getting opportunities to be interns. They're not getting full-fledged recognition. And until that starts happening, we need to continue to create quality women football players that understand the game of football, okay? What I do on the business side is I recognize different activities, events, and planning that can benefit women's football in a profitable manner. Now that has anything to do with obviously financially profit, right? But also success in ways where you're getting more recognition, uh, places and people around your community are knowing about you. Uh, Women's football has not gotten to that platform yet. And I think it's going to happen here in this next two years. Uh, We have some irons in the fire that I think are really going to connect and make things happen. In the past, a lot of times women's football has gotten connected with volunteer um, people that say that they're going to market or social media or um, live stream. For example, last year we had two different companies come up to us and say, we will live stream your games. And we went through back and forth to make sure They were going to give us what we wanted to get and we were going to give them what they wanted to get and it didn't show up. That's going to continue to happen as long as you continue to have volunteers working because they will find another gig that pays more or that pays anything or that is more interesting to do. So women's football is on the brink of new things. I don't feel that it's there yet, but in the meantime, we need to build our product because it is the best product in women's football and it will continue to be the best product in women's football. We have ethical behavior. We have great business owners that may or may not understand the business of women's football, but love women's football. I will help you get the business side of women's football. So, real quick, I'm going to go through a couple things. A couple things that I shared because it's December, obviously, um, there's a couple different things that happen typically end of November, beginning of December, depending on what your calendar is. But if you are a women's football team and you haven't thought about these things yet, you got to get started on them now. Two things one is a holiday party, two is a signing party. Now, they can be intertwined it can be it can be a signing party and a holiday party if you like we'll get to the details of that here soon but I wanted to share first with you with women's football teams five things that you can do with your team in December the reason why I'm already on December is because you have to be planning these things out two to three to five weeks ahead of when you're going to do them OK. Women's football does not come with a business plan until. But I'm going to give you one. Um, women's football doesn't come with a how to book, but I'm going to give you one. Um, so it's important for or people that take on the role of a owner of a women's football team, understand the importance of what you're putting out to the community at all times. When it comes to the holidays and you don't have um, workouts going on and practices going on, this is a great time for community involvement and getting your name out there. And it works well because you're getting ready to have practices that people will see you at. And then you're getting ready to have games. Obviously, games aren't until April, but this is the lead up to a successful season. A successful season in women's football does not start in March. You're in trouble in March, okay? You're kind of in trouble in February unless you are crazy like us and can get things done in in 60 days. But if that happens to anybody that's listening on the show and they um, are having issues with uh, ownership, and uh, team splitting, et cetera, in February, give me a call. I'll tell you how to get it done, okay? Um, But I want to talk about a couple things, five things to do with your team in December. This is team building, again, like we talked about in November. This is connecting with new players and old players, making sure you know who's coming back. But also has the community service components and the enjoyment of not having to raise funds or get out there and get sponsorships, et cetera. So I, you know, there's probably 10 that you could do. um, But I kind of narrowed it down to the five to kind of just get your ideas rolling about women's football. So five things to do with your team in December. One would be to volunteer at an animal or homeless shelter. So this could be where you set up, Um, to do some volunteering and 10 of your players go out and help the homeless shelter. It could be where they go out and um, gather dog food or um, buy dog food and bring it to a shelter. A variety of different things that can happen here on the volunteering at an animal or homeless shelter. Uh, One year we had team, we did it by alphabet and teams, you know, like the players Like one player was to bring a 20 pound bag of potatoes and another team, another player was supposed to bring a ham. All these things cost between eight and $10 and we took it all to a homeless shelter. We took potatoes and potatoes and it had to be stuff that could be used for either the Thanksgiving or Christmas holiday. I believe we did it for uh, Thanksgiving that year. Another one is go Christmas caroling together as a team. Now, some teams have some Mariah Carey's and some Beyonce's on the team. Some teams do not. This could be what I call a double dip. Not only could it be a fun time to go Christmas caroling together, but it could also be part of a blooper reel or a funny video on Facebook. Um, And could you be, would you, can you even imagine what somebody's face would look like when they open the door to uh, 15 women football players singing off key in the holidays? I think it would be a blast anyway. So number three, collect canned goods. Now, We've done this before just at games, but in the off season, in the wintertime, you know, you could even go door to door to people and say, hey, my name is so and so. I'm with this team and we are collecting canned goods to take to the Ronald McDonald House or whatever. Um, Many people will just donate them or you could go online and, and share it to your Facebook friends and family and maybe they'll do it as well. There's a variety of different ways that you can do that. Now, number four is a family fun night. Now we did this, we we do this these several times throughout the year. December is a a fun one. We did this just in uh, the beginning of November where we had a family fun night. Everybody came out. Um, we had several of the new girls, so we were trying to get people introduced and, and getting to know each other, and that was really fun. Um, let's see. And number five is a secret Santa. Now this is more, it's not out in the public out in the community, but it is more team building, getting to know the players. And it can be tricky because some players might. So the idea is, is that you put everybody's name in a hat, you pull out a name, nobody knows who gave who, what gift, right? But it requires that people kind of go and introduce themselves or get to know that person when they are there secret Santa right? Sorry, guys. My th- I have my Diet Pepsi sitting here um, to drink throughout my recordings today. So, uh, but yeah, so Secret Santa is can be really cool. You can make it a, a really big deal. Um, okay, so let's talk next about <laughs> Christmas parties. Okay, so like I said before, in women's football, we usually, uh, most teams, I shouldn't say usually, most teams have a signing party. And I've provided a checklist. I'm going to put this on the website. So if you guys don't know where to get this content that I'm putting out here, okay, so some of my content goes on to supersmallbiz.com and I've made a section for women's football because women's football is not all that I do. Okay. Um, it's one of the things that I love and I'm very passionate about, but it's not the, the, it doesn't have a dedicated place yet. Um, so I'm going to put on there the women's football signing party checklist for owners and for, I guess that would be, you know, support staff if they're helping with the event planning of your signing party. If you don't already have events uh, support staff in place, now's the time to do that as well. Um, And if you don't know how to do that or don't know where to get that, um, go back, I think it was two episodes, three episodes ago, where I talked about support staff. Um, Real quick, just a quick rundown. Um, There's several things that you can do. Um, I don't recommend player, family, and friends because if a player – gets injured then a lot of times the family friend doesn't want to be there um so it's hard to be able to keep communication up not that we you know we love family and friends to be involved but when it's things that might happen after a player no longer plays then it gets very difficult so i recommend going on facebook uh jobs you know help wanted jobs for um Facebook is a really good one, Um, but there's also some other sites to go for volunteers. We always put it out there as a volunteer intern position, and then it may turn into a paid position depending on what else um, happens. But anyway, let's get back to our women's football signing party checklist. This is going to be located on supersmallbiz.com, and you click women's football in the menu tab. I'm going to give you the checklist first and then I'm going to share with you how you can combine a holiday party and a signing party and how you can make them separate or reasons why you might want to make them separate. Okay, so women's football signing checklist. Okay, so what we're talking about is now you're at the point where everybody's made the team. Now, you can start setting up this signing party before everybody's made the team and set a date for it, okay? Um, Typically, you'll want to set it two to three weeks out from your last tryout, um, but that's not an end-all, be-all. That's not a requirement. So things that I bring to a signing party checklist, I bring – typically, if you're you're really starting out, you could bring one jersey – I bring a mock-up Jersey. It's not the official official original Jersey, especially if you're a starting uh, new team, bring a mock-up of the Jersey. I put number one on it. I have everybody um, take pictures with it. And then typically I have people sign it. Um, and that's the Jersey that I keep. Um, I also, you know, we also give make up other copies for all the owners, but um, we usually have them sign them there. Um, If you are interested, you could get two mock-ups, one in more like a medium size, one in a larger size. If you know that you're having a lot more bigger, smaller girls, then you might want to determine how you do that. Um, Some teams just go and get uh, an extra large or 2XL. They're not putting on the jersey. They're just holding it up for pictures. Okay. And then most definitely you want to bring the contracts now. Typically, if it's a four page or eight page or 12 page contract, um, I would put the contract on uh, your website or send it to each of the players and then print off the final page, the the signature page um, where the player is going to sign and you're going to sign. Obviously, several pens don't bring just one pen. Uh, If you are signing 70 women or 60 women, um, this process can get very, very long. So you want to make sure it's a streamlined process um, where you're calling girls up very quickly. Because if you think about it, if you have 60 girls, um, one minute a girl, that's already an hour. Um, if you're planning on having food and chit chat as well as a presentation or something, then it could get pretty long. Uh, another thing that I recommend is T-shirt order form. So um, you could have inventory to sell right there at the game um, or at the signing party and people can buy them right there that that's completely fine if you're if you're wanting to use that kind of model Um, I typically do t-shirt order forms people pay in advance um, and then we have the t-shirts made and we have them available for till at our next event but many teams like to Um, do one big order of t-shirts and have them there available. Uh, Tablecloth. If you have any special tablecloth that you're wanting, that's like your team tablecloth that you take to um, fairs and events and expos, then you might want to bring a tablecloth meeting game. If this is a signing party and 80% of the people don't know each other, first of all, let's sit them all randomly together so that all of the you know, veterans aren't sitting in one place and all the rookies stay, play, sitting in another place. And this can also be helped by a game that uh, gets people to connect with each other. You also want to have a mic or a sound system of some sort. Some venues will already have this or will charge you extra for it. Or you can bring your own depending on where you are at in the women's football team. We, we tend to buy these things year after year. So we, we get more and more. So we, we know we're already done each year. So each year we build upon our inventory or, or resources and equipment. So we have a microphone and sound system already set up. Another thing would be a PowerPoint presentation. If you're going to do a presentation there at the, Venue at the signing party, a PowerPoint presentation. Again, here's another example. We have a PowerPoint presentation. I don't know what it's called. Screen, I guess, that that you can pop up and stand up there. So um, you can use a PowerPoint presentation or you can just use it on a a nice flat wall. You could bring extra things besides the PowerPoint presentation. If you have a picture gallery of pictures that have been taken of the players thus far, Um, you may want to use that. And then finally, any team de- decor. Depending on where you're having the signing party, um, in the winter time, they might already have decorations out, or their organization might already have a theme. For example, Buffalo Wild Wings. You always know that it's yellow and black, even at Christmas time. There's it has something to do with yellow and black, right? My husband just kills me with that. But anyway, and then you may want to prepare like a. FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions document, it doesn't matter how many times you explain to the players um, what's going to happen, the steps, what the responsibilities are, but the FAQs helps to lay that out, and especially for family members. A lot of times you'll tell the player, they'll completely understand it. They go home to a family member and they're like, what? When is practice? How does practice work? So having a a frequently asked question section is is a a big deal and can be very important as well. So let's get on to real quick. Let me see what my time is running at because I want to get to the, okay, so we're already here. Okay, so I want to talk about a couple things. A signing party and a holiday party. You may wish to have them together. You may wish to have those separate during this time it's very difficult to have them separately and the reason why is because if you look at everybody's calendar um, their regular work christmas party their family christmas party their away christmas party their significant others christmas party traveling work schedule etc sometimes there's just not enough days to be able to plan both of these things right and for the new teams coming up It may be more beneficial for you to plan one because if there's cost involved, then you uh, reduce your cost by 50 percent. Right. At least. So I'm going to talk about. How to do a Christmas party, very similar to a signing party, um, as far as getting a venue and um, trying to make it the most cost effective for your team. Right. Right. So ideally, you don't want to have to pay for a venue at all. Uh, You don't even want to have to pay for the food. Sometimes they'll give you food for being there. Sometimes they'll give you drinks for being there. It all depends on what kind of um, contract you can negotiate with them. Now, if you're not looking to have a contract negotiated party, then you, could, you guys can all meet and go bowling. We've done that before. You can all meet and go to a movie. You can all meet and um, go dancing, whatever. You, it doesn't have to be like just a private closed-off party. Typically, the signing party is holiday parties. We've had both. We've had closed-door um, private parties, and we've had um, open parties at other venues, and they've all they've been very successful. Um, I'm gonna talk about 10 great holiday themes for just to kind of get the ideas going for your women's football team holiday party. Now, one reason why you might not want to have two, or let me say this. One reason why you might want to not want to have one party is Some of the themes require people to dress up and dress silly. For example, pajama party. So you wouldn't want to have a pajama party and your signing party as the same party because all your pictures, everybody will be dressed in their pajamas, right? So that probably wouldn't want to work out, wouldn't work out. But some of these ideas, you may be able to work into what I call a double dip of being the holiday party and the signing party. So 10 great holiday party themes for women's football teams, themes for teams. Polar Express. That's a really cute one. It's it's more children oriented. The Grinch is another one. It could be it could be child oriented or it could be more adult um, with people dressed up as different characters of the Grinch. That'd be cute. Uh, Always the the go-to right now is the ugly sweater party. Even Walmart is now selling like 50 versions of ugly sweaters. So um, you could go there if you want to. There's Candyland. That's, again, is family friendly, but could be um, fun as an adult party. Winter Wonderland is a great one for a combo double dip holiday party and signing party because it's very elegant. Um, it's more of the, the white decoration, snow, etc. Nightmare Before Christmas. Now this is for, there's a lot of people that are really into the nightmare, nightmare Before Christmas. It's more like a Halloween slash Christmas. Everybody's kind of dressed up in these evil characters. Um, so that could be totally fun. Um, there You could do something like Jingle Bells as the theme where everybody's wearing bells and all the stuff, and then you could still have the signing party. So that's a good theme for a double dip. Pajama party, I probably wouldn't do that for a double dip with the signing party because, like I said, everybody will be dressed up in pajamas, and you might not want that picture out there um, at your contract signing. So somebody might be putting out that they're signing a contract with the uh, Dallas elite, and there's a picture of them in their pajamas. Uh, then you can go pretty basic and just do candy canes and cookies. Uh, some teams do like a cookie exchange. Each person bring, each person brings three dozen cookies and switches. So at the end, everybody comes out with like 10 dozen or whatever. Um, that's a possibility. And then the decorations would just be different red and white colors. So those are some different options for themes for the women's football team holiday parties. Let me go here. That's really all I wanted to talk about with regards to the parties. Um, if anybody has any question on what about, I have another article in the newsletter for women's football Alliance owners. Um, what about a holiday party for the women's football team? So I go into Pre-planning, planning, planning, decorating, the different options, and it's very detailed in there. I think that's about a four-page article on what you can do for a holiday party, and uh, that's been sent out uh, in the newsletter. So let me shift gears. The other thing that I really wanted to talk about today is social media statistics and how they can impact a women's football team and or a women's football player. So last week and the week before, I really talked about branding your women's football team and branding yourself as a player. And then we talked about how to get out there and promote yourself as a team and player. And so this week I wanted to share some statistics that I feel are important to women's football and I feel that a lot of a lot of people don't realize how important the social media is to your women's football team. Okay, so let me let me start with a, a basic not soapbox but a basic explanation as to why social media is so important for you as a player and for women's football teams in general. Everybody understands women's football as an industry is grassroots. We have to go out there and we eat the, st- my my dad calls that we eat the things we kill, right? So we only get the funds that we bring in are our funds to use. But if we don't bring in any funds, we have to go find them somewhere else or not have them and um, delete some things on our wish list or our budget. So social media is equivalent to having four or five or eight, not salesmen, but marketing or customer service reps, however you want to say that. The social media allows you to get noticed by several people at the same time. When we were the Lone Star Mustangs, okay, In order to go out and do tryouts, right, in order to go out and invite people to come to tryouts, we would go put flyers on the windows of cars. We'd have to go out to different events, and I call it picking up, but we would um, go up to people and say, hey, would you be interested in women's football? You look like, you know, physically, you look like you'd be really good at it, and then we'd invite them to a tryout, right? That is the most inefficient way you could be doing this. So any of you guys listening out there, if you are still putting flyers on cars and flyers on billboards, um, paper flyers, that kind of thing. While I applaud the effort, your energy and time can be spent much more efficiently. Okay, And I want you to take that with the best of intentions. I don't want to put you down for doing it. Right. Because it's really In order to do that, you have to be very enthusiastic and and passionate about women's football. So I give you that. However, what I want to do is give you that time back to spend on other aspects of your business. If you can get 50 people to try out for your team with $40 and two tryouts and making up some posts, isn't that better than going and having 10 girls go out and hand flyers out for four hours? That's four. That's a lot of hours. And then not only that, but you need to have your players want to go out and promote women's football, but doing it five and six and 14 and a hundred times gets a little old. So at some point you'll start to see the, the numbers go down as to how many people actually come. How many people share the information? So social media is like having a group of social media marketers on your staff. We talked a little bit about automation and everything before, but I want to get to just the numbers. I'm just going to do a couple of things here. I, want to, I wanted to talk about the average user and some other statistics that... Um, people just don't realize are are happening on social media. So I'm going to go ahead and put some amazing facts about Facebook. Um, So check this out. And, And you can write this down or you can come back and listen to it again. But let me see here. Hold on. I just want to make sure that this is my most accurate numbers. Okay, so the average user, I just want to talk about the average users because this is really important to your demographics. Um, I talk about this a lot um, on the WFA newsletter and how important it is. Um, you don't have to have millions of followers to get the word out about your women's football team. But let's talk about the average user. So the average user has 100, approximately 130 friends, spends an hour a day on Facebook or more, Likes nine pieces of content per month, leaves 25 comments a month, becomes a fan of four or more pages a month, and joins 13 groups a month. That's a lot of joining. Interestingly, the most popular fan pages Michael Jackson. 11 million plus. Awesome because Michael Jackson was the best. but um, number two, Barack Obama. Seven uh, over seven million. And third is Facebook. okay? Interestingly, those are the top three. That's not the top three that I would have thought of. Let's talk about growing brands. So these are <laughs> these are big organizations that are going to Facebook to help grow their brand and their product and services. If they are willing to do it, you gotta be doing it. So growing brands, uh, Coca-Cola, Skittles, and Papa John's are the top three. Now those are big boys. That's what I call uh, the, the big organizations. Popular celebs, some of the most popular celebs, Vin Diesel, Megan Fox, Lady Gaga. Again, not what you would expect. I I find that very interesting that um, social media, Michael Jackson can be gone this long and he's still one of the top trending people on social media. That is crazy. So... I want to go through, first I want to talk about social media and the different components, different types of social media. And then I'm going to explain to you what each one does and hopefully be able to help you with that. And then my recommendation on which ones are the best ones for your organization to focus on. So Facebook is number one, uh, with over a billion, uh, significantly over a billion. Um, Let's see here. YouTube is number two, over a billion. Google is over ha- uh, five hundred million. Instagram four hundred million. Twitter three hundred million. I mean, and these numbers have all gone gone up in the last year. Um, LinkedIn is LinkedIn and Pinterest are the lowest, and they're over a hundred million um, and growing. So let me talk to you about what each one does. Let me see here. So I'm going to start with the biggest one because, so I'm hoping that everybody knows these things, but if you don't, um, we're going to share some content or share some information about each of these so that you guys can get an understanding of what they are, whether you want to use them, and how to how to gain some knowledge about them. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to Facebook first. Hold on. And it's of course not that big. So it's very small. Okay. So here we go. So Facebook is a social network. If, if anybody's not on Facebook, I'd be surprised. I ha- well, I can't say that. Um, I have about four football players that are not on Facebook, but I don't know if that's because they just don't know about it. Don't want to do it or don't want to have the hassle. But it's a social network where people create profiles, exchange messages, and report status updates. It's great for brand exposure and customer relations. However, for those people that are into social media and into tech, Facebook is not SEO friendly. So putting all that extra stuff on there um, does not help your hosts, okay? Uh, What was I think YouTube was number two. So YouTube, if anybody doesn't know what YouTube is, it is a video sharing website um, where the users of it generate the content, whether it's through a gallery of pictures or video clips, video blogging or vlogging, um, any of those sorts of things. It's one of the best places to build your brand through video and tutorials. So especially like service oriented businesses, like I've, I've gone on there and got information about plumbing, how to fix the dryer, um, how to fix this particular model, all these different things. Um, The, I wanted to share with you the, I guess the biggest con would be that um, traffic, Traffic is limited to the site and difficult to redirect back to the primary website. So if you have a website that say the Dallas elite website, and we have a video clip on there and they click on it and it sends them over to YouTube, then to redirect them back to our website is difficult. It usually goes on to the next video and the next video, unless they stop it. So that would be a con for that. Um, Let's see here. I think, what was it? I'm not sure if I'm not sure if Google or Twitter was next. Let's talk about Twitter because it's been around the long the longest, um, and so it is like blogging. Twitter allows you to have a certain number of words to express your issue or your statement, but it also allows you to do hashtags to lo- to. Connect it in a chain to those words in the hashtag. And we've talked about hashtags on the uh, women's football newsletter a little bit. Um, if anybody needs more explaining, we're, I'm more than happy to do so. But the on Twitter, it's more of a small message, which is really good, actually, if you think about it. Because you know how a lot of people talk about like your elevator speech or elevator pitch, that you only have 30 seconds to influence somebody. So what would you say? Twitter kind of goes on that same uh, same line of thinking as you want to have a clean, precise statement or comment on your Twitter to get the attention of people. It also gives you the ability to quickly respond to um, direct messages or DMs. Um, people that see your message, they can direct message you so nobody else can see it. And it allows them to quickly do that. And it has created several opportunities for millions of people to do business with people that they may not have done business with before. Maybe if it's by location or by lack of knowledge or lack of understanding of what that person provides. But Twitter has been the um, the crux, I guess you could say, Um the reason why some people have gotten into business together or work together. The problem with faith, with Twitter, okay, is you really want to make sure that there's a balance between your content and your, uh, retweets is what they call them. So you want to help other people communicate and get them out to people that are following you. But you also want to get your content out. A lot of people get really aggressive with just promoting themselves, promoting themselves. And um, it's very difficult to get people or build relationships when that's all that they're talking about. Right. Okay, so let me talk lastly about Google, because I think those are the top four that we're that we're connecting with. Google Plus is a social network that operates through Google, right, through your profiles. You can do status updates just like Facebook, but it also allows Hangouts so that you can connect with three or four or five people and communicate through there. It's an easy way to interact with clients and customers, and it can be integrated with other Google apps like your Google Drive or your Google Docs. So that's very helpful. However, the, the administration, the, the admin of it is difficult and it's very, it, it seems complicated to me even, uh, but that's one of the cons that people have put on as far as Google+. So Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Google+, Plus. Okay. Google Plus and then, of course, LinkedIn is really good to connect with people that you know, okay, Um, that may be able to influence or bring sponsorships or whatever. Okay, so real quick, I want to kind of get to uh, some some serious social media stats that I feel like nobody is – not aware of, but not using to their benefit as a women's football team. Okay. So let's talk about this. So we talked about how I said Coca-Cola and Skittles and Papa John's is the number one uh, brands on Facebook, right? However, 95% of Facebook wall posts are not answered by brands. They're answered by people. So being super small like women's football is and having people uh, respond to posts or questions about your team is a great thing because that's what people on Facebook are looking for. They're not looking for the team to answer. So having a like a response team to handle inquiries and questions would be ideal for Facebook. OK, so let's talk about Pinterest. Pinterest is projected to account for 40 percent of social media driven purchases. Okay, this is serious, guys. Pinterest is driving purchases. A lot of people just use Pinterest for fun and and cool things. Um, If you're going to put anything on Pinterest for your women's football team, you want to include prices um, because people are more likely to buy from Pinterest as it it seems. Um, Let's see, number three, the average user spends 20 minutes per visit on Facebook. Okay, 20 minutes. So the other stat that we gave you was over an hour per day and at 20 minute increments, okay? The idea behind this, and I'm just kind of thinking about this, but the idea behind this is that if you understand Facebook, it's a scrolling feed, a scrolling news source, if you will. So every time a new person posts that's a friend of yours, it, everything gets kind of bogged down and it, it goes further and further down. So depending on how far you can scroll in 20 minutes, you probably are not seeing all the content that has gotten to your feed unless you just, you don't have a lot of people conversing or posting that day, right? So the idea behind this would be to post rather than five or six or seven at one time it would be better to post two or three um, a day maybe one in the morning one in the afternoon one in the evening Um, and that way you can gain some of those people that you might be losing that are on there in 20 minute increments so let's see here I don't like that stat it really doesn't mean anything for me Um, let's see here twitter handles 32 billion search queries per month. So like those hashtags, those are really important for Twitter because people that are typing in specific search words could be in your hashtags, right? So that's that's something to consider. Next, 20% of Google searches each day have never been searched for before. So what does that mean? It's important for people in business, small business owners to explore the analytics for content and keyword ideas. So if you don't know how to do this, you can go on Google, you type things in and the first things that pop up are the most commonly typed in. Um, Now, if you just type that in a minute ago, that's going to probably come up, but you can use Google to, in creating your posts, to really hone in on what you want to say and who you want to attract. Lastly, and certainly not least, is demographics. And I'm going to go over this really quick because I'm almost out of time. But so, demographics 71% of um, social media users are women. of men use it and 71% of women use it by age, 18 to 29 year olds, 83% of 18 to 29 year olds use social media and household income. Typically 72% of them make less than 30,000. 70% are in urban areas and 69% have some college education. Which, okay, so I'm going to save this for next time because I'm running out of time, but I'm going to go over next time which network sites are more appealing to specific demographics and which social media sites are. do online adults use those are going to be two things for next week that I'm going to start with I hope you guys have a great week uh, thank you for tuning in to women's football success goodbye you guys talk to you later bye